Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey, y'all. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about what to do if other people are misgendered around you, in your vicinity, whether or not the other individual in question is there. Yes. And this one is a little bit, a little bit fraught. There's actually a little bit more um, nuance and latitude than people kind of think and give it credit for. So we're going to kind of dive into some of the challenges presented with this particular topic today. Yeah, I think I, in particular, between the two of us struggle with this because I work with a lot of people on a daily basis. Y'all just doesn't see very many people on a daily basis. I do not. <laughs> um, and of course, I don't see anybody in person, but I work with a large number of people every day. I probably talk to about 15 different people each day. And a lot of them, myself included, use they, them, or use no pronouns. And therefore, I see people misgendered pretty often. And it's... Something that I'm often very conflicted about is, like, what to do in that situation. So, I think that I've broken it down in my head into a couple of different situations. The first is if the person that is being misgendered is also present to hear the misgendering. And I think in that situation, I tend not to do or say anything because I don't want to take autonomy away from anybody. I think that's a big piece of it is... I want to give autonomy to the people whose pronouns are being misused. It isn't my place to step in for them. It isn't my place to step over them to say something. I think that would make me feel, depending on the situation, uncomfortable. Yeah, and and I think that that is not always the correct choice. I think it very much depends on the situation. Because like, there's a lot of situations where I think that the right thing to do is to step in to defend someone. For example, if you are a cis person, and someone who is out as trans is standing next to a bunch of other people who know they're out, and they are being consistently misgendered, and they seem to be clearly uncomfortable with the consistent misgendering. That's true. But like, I still think that that takes something away from the person. Now, of course, if they are being attacked, we all in the gender expansive community can tell when somebody is making a mistake about our pronouns and when somebody is actively and maliciously misusing our pronouns. There is a difference between those two things. And I'm talking about when somebody is making a mistake. Yeah. And I think that one of the ways that I've seen you correct mistakes and that I have corrected mistakes and had people around me correct mistakes made about me is in response to somebody misusing a pronoun, using the correct pronoun. Yes, so that's one of my favorite ones. I don't consider myself misgendered when I'm called she, her, because in my heart and soul, I would like to be able to take all pronouns, but, like, the world isn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
So I, I go by they, them. And at work, when somebody doesn't successfully call me they, them, I have another colleague who will be all up in the chat being like, yes, they are incredible. And like, go out of his way to use my correct pronouns yeah. several times in a row. And that's amazing because that doesn't yeah. call attention to it. But I think that there is something not dangerous, but there is something fraught, especially if you're on the same level. So if my peer is mis- misgendered and I step in for them and I say, hey, they use they them pronouns, that takes something away from them. Mm-hmm. That to me and in my experience on both ends of that, insinuates that somehow they couldn't stand up for themselves right. or that they needed you to save them. Maybe this is my AFAB. I'm not a freaking damsel in distress training, but like, I don't like that energy. I yeah. don't like feeling like somebody had to step in to protect me. Yeah. And I think that that's why the the gentle correction of, okay, you can use whatever pronoun, whatever wrong pronouns <laughs> you want to use, but I'm going to use the right pronouns and I'm going to use them aggressively. Exactly. That's a really good energy because it doesn't have that like knight in shining aunt. Uh, knight in shining armor mm-hmm. sort of feel but it does still offer a correction and offer validity to the person in the space and i think that's the big thing is it offers validity to the person in the space yes because something else that recently happened which is this is a little bit different but i work with both a manager who is of course not my peer she you know she doesn't actually sign my paychecks but she does approve them so she pays me <laughs> same thing and we collectively work with teachers who are not in our organization and honestly do not know me very well. So when they do not use they, them for me successfully, I do not blame them. <laughs> They've talked to me maybe four times and all virtually and all very short, like whatever. They don't know me. Them not using they, them for me is similar in my mind as them not knowing my name. I'm also not offended by that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember so distinctly once when we were on one of those calls, it wasn't that they misused my pronouns, but they called my manager and I ladies. So similarly gendered me. And something that I really loved that happened was my manager also did not step in. I think that would have made me very uncomfortable because again, I don't feel like these people need to know that much about me, including my gender identity. I'm just here to provide a service to them. I talk to them like once a month, maybe. <laughs> but she did reach out after that call. She texted me and she said, I noticed that he gendered you. How are you feeling? Right. And I said, yeah, it was kind of icky, but I'm fine. And she said, cool, take 15 minutes, go do what you need to do. And I thought that was exactly it. That was good allyship. Right. It is less speaking for the other person Mm -hmm. and more providing them validity in a space. Because also in that situation, your manager could have gendered you correctly. Yep. And in that particular situation, we were like signing off. So she didn't have much of an opportunity. Right, exactly. And that's why I don't like to speak for other people. It's like there could be any number of reasons that that person doesn't want to stand up for themselves right now. And even beyond doesn't want to stand up for themselves. They could just not feel like having that discussion right now. Yeah. And by saying, um, excuse me, they use they, them pronouns, you've started a conversation now. And, and like, maybe to, I didn't want to have that conversation. And they have to be a part of that conversation because right. it's, it's their like, gender. It's like, maybe I just didn't, maybe that wasn't worth it to me in that moment. Like, maybe for time constraints, maybe I'm not having a good day. Maybe I am having the best day. And for any of these reasons, it's valid if I don't feel like having this conversation. Yeah. So I love, I love, I love, I love those couple of other ways that people have found to provide validity without speaking for me. Right. Now. So another situation. The second situation. The second situation that I've also run into is what do you do if you know somebody prefers different pronouns or is experimenting with their gender and is currently uncomfortable with feminine compliments or feminine language, etc. 
but the other people around you don't know. So you can't correct them because that'd be outing your friend. And you can't do that. Let's be really super duper clear. The one thing you can never, ever do (laughs) is out your friends. Do not ever out your friends. You're not helping them. You're not helping them, especially young people. Oh, their parents should know. No, those young people know their parents better than you do. Don't. Yeah. That's a whole other side, but don't out your friends. That is a very big, important (laughs) side of this, though, is don't out your friends if your friend, especially if your friend has asked you to use the quote-unquote incorrect pronouns around their parents. Also, if somebody has asked you to use different pronouns in different contexts, that's not misgendering. I don't really want to hear your fragility. Oh, it feels so bad to misgender them. They asked you to do it. It's not misgendering. Yeah. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) I mean, like, to this day, I use different gendered language for you, depending on who I'm talking to, just because, like, it's different in different contexts. It's different in different contexts. Yeah. And that's valid. And that can be part of your gender identity, like it is for me, or it could be part of where you are right now. Again, I work with young people, so they're always in my mind. Young people, it might just be where they are right now that they are not safe coming out at home. Mm -hmm. And it is not you to judge what safe means. It is not for you to pass judgments on that. If they do not feel like they are safe coming out at home, then you gender them differently when their parents are around. Yes. That's just it. That's, That's all. Yeah. But for situations that are not with young people and situations that are with more peer groups, I think it's a real struggle when you have somebody who's like currently on their gender journey maybe in a fraught moment of their gender journey and you know they prefer x compliments or they prefer y pronouns but they are not yet at a point where they're standing up for that or they are not yet at a point where they've even shared that at the same time it's not for you to speak for them and at that point it might not even be for you to aggressively use their preferred pronouns yeah they might not be ready for that attention on their gender and like you got to respect that too. And really, here's a revolutionary thing. That's a conversation you should have with your friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your friend is going through a gender journey. And the fraught f- part of your gender journey, because we're all still on our gender journeys. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. If your friend is early on or going through a fraught part of their gender journey and they have shared that with you and they need some sort of support around that, ask them what that support looks like. Don't assume that you know what that support looks like. And if you say like, okay, so like, we're going to go out and see our other friends tonight. Do they know? If they don't know, do you want me to use a different pronoun to kind of get the ball rolling? Or do you want me to avoid using the pronoun so you don't have to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, you should just always be talking to people right. about what they need. And also beyond pronouns, because maybe, so maybe your friend is in the process of exploring a non-binary identity mm-hmm. and is not ready to go by they, them, but you might offer to undercut any like hyper-feminine compliments or you might offer to loudly and proudly give them gender neutral compliments or butch up their name butch up their name that's what i was gonna say like like you might offer to not change their name entirely because that's a whole conversation for friends Mm -hmm. but you can shorten their name and be like oh no this is just a nickname that i just really like calling this person yeah and that could be you can help them explore very quietly there are ways to do that and that's valid Mm-hmm. And also, you can do similar to what my manager did for me. If you know your friend is grappling with this gender identity, and you see something that you're like, ooh, that is exactly what they're not wanting right now. And like, they're not at a point where they can express that to the majority yet. But like, I know that what that experience that I just saw them have with their friends or their colleagues was not what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Text them, reach out, say, hey, I saw this. Yeah. How are you feeling? Because respecting somebody's gender doesn't have to be 
loud and performative. No, it doesn't. It almost always actually should be emotional support and validation. Especially early in the gender journey. And like and that that may very well mean if you have this conversation with your friend, that may very well mean stepping in and standing up for them. Because yep. they could say because if you ask somebody like what can I do to support you in this and they say when we're out with our friends and they're misgendering me because they're not used to it yet, I would very much love it if you would mindfully correct them. And then if you agree to do things like that, you got to do them. You got to do it. Like you at that point, because I, I don't know that people who have always gone by the same pronouns realize how A, often misgendering happens and B, awkward it is to stop a whole conversation to be like, excuse me, that's not my pronoun. Yeah. It's awkward. It's not fun. Think about that before you agree to do it. And once you agree to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. The way that the way that I eventually landed on my non-confrontational ass um, being able to correct somebody who is misgendering me would be half under my breath while someone was talking, being like, she, but yes. And like, not derailing the conversation by being like, actually, you're wrong. It is this, but just like saying the correction and then prompting them to continue what they were saying. Like, yeah. This doesn't have to be a whole thing, but you did misgender. You continue going. Though, if your friend has asked you to stand up for them, I might even suggest interrupting the conversation to say, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just do genuinely think about these things. Because also supporting somebody who's going through it for their gender journey, it's a lot of emotional bandwidth. It is not particularly easy. Do not sign up for it lightly. Yeah. And very important for the allies out there. If somebody asks you to bite off more than you feel like you can chew, mm-hmm. don't tell them that i mean sorry do tell them that (laughs) don't just go along with it yeah make sure that you are expressing what you are able to do and capable of and you don't have to feel bad like if somebody asked me and i was like i'm personally not a very confrontational person i have a lot of trouble interrupting conversation flows and like really taking that kind of a stand i don't know if i am the individual that can give you the support of derailing an entire evening to defend your gender That's an okay thing to say. You can provide support and emotional validity in ways that are in line with your emotional strengths. Right. And I think at that point, something that if you're in that situation, something very helpful you can offer is to be like, hey, so it's going to be me, you, and five other people, and I'm not comfortable doing what you're asking, but I'm really, really tight with one of those five other people. Would you be comfortable if I went to that person and had a conversation with them and looped them into this support? And I know that person is super confrontational and will be happy to do this for you. Yeah. Because we all have that friend. We all know who that friend is. We, we all have that friend who <laughs> thrives Usually, I feel like it's usually me, but I can't interrupt people to correct my pronouns to save my whole life. So I don't know, man. <laughs> but I mean, it's your pronouns. What do you do when other people are misgendered? Fight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that brings us, specifically my willingness to fight, brings us to the third option, which is if somebody is being misgendered and they are not present. Mm-hmm. At which point, to me, I jump down people's throats. Yeah. Because that person isn't present, which means they do not have an opportunity to defend themselves. And in my experience, it's when the person isn't present that the more malicious misgendering comes out. Yeah. And that's absolute bullshit and it will not stand. Yeah, absolutely. I, the other day, halfway through a meeting, realized that both I and the person I was meeting with had been misgendering one of my colleagues the whole time because we've been talking about that colleague of mine. And I like derailed the whole thing and then had like a couple minutes centering exercise on the fact that our colleague uses they them pronouns and it was unacceptable that we had been doing this stand up for your people when they're not there because they don't have the opportunity and there's no 
there's no harm. Yeah. I know I know a very common anxiety, at least in my circles of the trans community, is this feeling of like, are people actually seeing me as my gender or are they just pretending to see me as my gender to my face and then when they're in their own circles, when I'm not there, misgendering me? And for a lot of people, the like greatest validity and the greatest thrill they can have in that, especially in fraught or early portions of the gender journey, is imagining their friends correcting their pronouns when the gender expensive person in question is not there. Like, that is a very powerful thing that you can do to affect real change in a person's life. Yeah. Although on that note, you don't necessarily have to tell your friend that you corrected somebody on their their pronouns. I would almost argue that you shouldn't. Yeah, I would too. I actually would strongly a, argue that you would that you shouldn't. Unless there's a previous conversation in which they want to know, which is like valid. But yeah. for the most part, it doesn't have to come back up. Yeah. Unless, of course, if you're noticing somebody who's consistently and perhaps maliciously misgendering them, you should let them know that because they deserve to know who they yes. are safe around. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a concern for safety, then you should definitely let somebody know. Especially, I think that that kind of starts moving into a situation where maybe you as the ally want to confront that individual so or report that, it or report it like do do you want to take steps to correct the behavior so that your gender expansive friend doesn't have to have yeah. the burden of that that's a conversation you need to have with your gender expansive right. friend like in general if it's malicious and consistent you should probably have that conversation but do so gently because that's probably going to be really jarring especially if the person has no idea of it yeah for sure yeah. But that's also something that hopefully you're in a space that you can report because as somebody who manages people, if that shit was happening in my place, I would do the correct thing and bring it up with our HR team. But I would also fight a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, in the situations where you don't have an HR team, such as if you're in a large friend group, perhaps in a college situation, mm-hmm. and you have uh, one friend. Colleges have HR. You can report your college friends for doing shitty things, too. Hot take. I've been through Title IX enough times to know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I was just going to say, if you know that there is somebody in your friend group who is consistently misgendering a gender expansive person, and everybody else in your friend group is quietly or uncomfortably allowing that to happen, you can either divest yourself from that friend group, Mm -hmm. or just cancel the dude who is being, I said dude, because I was just like (laughs) picturing a man, but there, everybody can do this. Yeah, people are shitty. People are shitty and like... And also Turks are shitty and famously not men. So, you know. You know, that's a good point. But like those are things, those situations where like I don't particularly think that cancel culture is all that great. That's its own conversation. But but you can make a second group chat. You know, that shady thing that we can do where there's six people in one group chat and you have to make a group chat that only has five of those six people to talk about the other person. Do that. This is protecting your friends. This is not shade. Yeah. This is This is a safety issue. Yeah. And that is something that you as an ally can do and will probably make your friend feel very valid. Right. Again, these are all things that you should probably have a conversation with your friend about. You shouldn't just do these things unilaterally. But if you hear people being misgendered or just talked about in ways that you know they wouldn't be comfortable gender wise. So I think that's the thing too is like misgendering is a good way. It's a good shorthand, but it's not necessarily the whole picture because you can, I mean, the thing that's coming to mind right now is like, She's pretty for a trans girl. Like, things like that. Mm. But it's like, that's not misgendering. That's just transphobia. Well, yeah, it's just straight up and down transphobia. But I would argue that it's not just transphobia, quote unquote, because it's like that nice, nice 
covert transphobia that people who are saying it might genuinely not realize it's horrible. Yeah. And so that's the sort of thing that, like, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump to protecting your friend physically, like, doing all the, like, mm-hmm. creating a new group chat, letting them know, etc. But it deserves to be corrected, misgendered or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it deserves to be corrected in the moment. Yeah. Um, and again, if it's repeated, then, like... And on that note, have a conversation with your friend about what they feel misgendering is. Because, like, yeah. it would be really awkward in a situation if somebody referred to a group of people as dudes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, excuse me, my friend here is actually a transgender woman and does not appreciate that language. And then your friend was like, not nah, dudes, it's fine. It's gender neutral to me. Yeah. You know, like, you, you should make sure that you're having a conversation about these things with your friends. And to that point, also, like, unless it's clearly bad, like, I would give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if your friend is there. Yeah. Because, like, you don't get to make that decision for them. And you also are not going to go through every single potential word that could be applied to your friend and memorize how they feel about it. That's yeah. not reasonable. Yeah. So I guess the takeaway of this part of the conversation is that misgendering is both more complicated and sometimes less complicated than you think it is. True. That brings me to the final option, one that people often don't think about, because, you know, we've covered if the person is there, if the person is not there. What about if it's the person that's saying something? Here's a, here's a hot take. People can't misgender themselves. Thank you. That's my TED Talk. I was once told that I misgendered myself because I referred to myself as a woman. I'm, that's not a thing. Don't say that to people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I have been corrected on my own pronouns before, and it feels weird. I'm like, um, no, don't do that. That's not it. Like, I feel like maybe if you were just like, hey, I noticed you calling yourself he before, and you'd be, and like, I think that that is maybe a conversation you can have, and then the friend will probably be like, I mean, old habits. But like, especially in the early steps of a gender journey, or especially if your gender identity is far more complicated than cis people can understand. She's pointing at me. I am. My my gender identity is complicated, Well, because woman encompasses your gender identity. Exactly. You That's why that. you don't get to say that I'm not a woman. I can say I'm a fu- mm. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And also, like, if somebody is early on in their gender journey, or if they're at a transformational moment in their gender journey, mm-hmm. then they've built habits the same as everyone else. Right. I mean, part of learning to use the correct pronouns for another person is just retraining your mind to using those pronouns because it's a habit. And so here's the thing I would also argue is that everybody, for almost everybody, there are going to be situations in which the quote unquote incorrect pronouns feel right to them. And maybe you can speak to this, but like, I feel like if you were talking about certain experiences that you had when you were young, that were incredibly tied Mm. to the fact that you grew up as a boy for you, or you were socialized as a boy for you, there might be times where it would feel correct to refer to past Josie as he, him. Is that correct? I don't know that I would necessarily use the pronouns he, him, but I would definitely say things like when I was a little boy or like as a boy, like when, when I was growing up as a boy. And I think the thing there is she, her, and Josie will always apply to you. I, as an outside person, can never be incorrect in using that language. So I always should because I do not know your mind. So I do not know when it is correct because I'm sure that there are other experiences you can point to when you were younger, before you were out, that were incredibly influenced by the fact that you were, in fact, a little girl. Right. <laughs> and so I, not being in your mind, will never be able to distinguish between those. So I should always refer to you as she, her, and Josie. Mm-hmm. But it's okay if there are certain times that it makes sense for you to refer to yourself differently and you can't misgender yourself. 
don't correct people on their own identity. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's that complicated. I like, I know that there have been times when I have wanted to express the sentiment along the lines of like, when Josie was a little boy and I don't do it because I know it'll make other people very confused and uncomfortable, but like, I'm also not misgendering myself. I had a different experience growing up than both a lot of little girls and a lot of little boys. Right. And so like, it's valid to look back on those situations and be like, I mean, it's like, you can also say when you were a little girl, Mm -hmm. because that's part of your journey. And like, you're not misgendering yourself by saying that. Yeah. I think that you can't question somebody's identity. And so you can't question if they're misgendering themselves. It's kind of a hard stop situation. Yeah. In order to offer people dignity, you have to offer them worthiness. And in order to offer them worthiness, you have to just trust. Mm -hmm. When they say, I identify as X, you have to say, cool. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> That's the end of it. So those are the four scenarios. Four scenarios. We said three at the beginning and we lied to you. We did. You know, that last one doesn't feel like it. Sh- it's like a bonus scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, a really fraught thing. And I don't think that there is a one size fits all. So if you're like, oh, I would hate one of those if it was applied to me. Or if you think that you have a friend who would disagree, that's totally valid. I don't think that any of this is one size fits all. This is just how I've navigated it in yeah. my day-to-day life and the best solutions I'm co- I've come up with so far. Yeah. And I mean, like we said earlier, you should be talking to your friends about this and right. you should, on either side of this conversation, right. if you are gender expansive and you have trusted friends who you are hoping to help you along on your gender journey, you should talk to them about the kind of support you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And if you are one of those friends, you should be talking to your gender expansive friend about the support they need. Yeah. And that might differ from the advice we just gave on this podcast. Right. So but this is just, this is a baseline. I think that this is a good safe place to start from. Yeah. Especially with people you don't know very well, like yes. acquaintances or colleagues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it boils down to don't talk to people, but defend them if they're not there mm-hmm. and trust them when they say what their identity is. Yeah. You know, those are just golden rules. Those are just golden rules. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all once again for listening to another episode of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys, composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.